Hi, I'm Elisa Preston, and welcome to Summer 2022. The summer is when I take a break from the regular rhythm of Praise Through It, and I turn it into Praise Through It Together, a community extension of the podcast. Praise Through It is based on Philippians 4.8, which says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent and praiseworthy, think about these things. My goal will always be to help you shine light into your daily life. In the summer, we listen to other people's stories of light and hope. So that is why we have Emily Bernath with us today. She is an award-winning author of the Broken Lenses series. She has a passion for the truth and for guiding others toward living a life rooted in the truth. As a survivor of sexual assault herself, Emily faced the condemning nature of our world firsthand and was left with feelings of shame, disgust, and worthlessness. It was during that time and in being open about her experience that it became apparent to her just how many other people experience those same feelings and so easily allow the lies of this world to define them. She sat down to write what is now the Broken Lenses series for the first time in the summer of 2016. Emily began her author journey to share her passions of empowering others to know their value in Christ and being a light to other survivors of sexual assault. She is blessed with all of the opportunities her writing has opened up to do both of those things, and she has spoken to numerous people of various faiths, age groups, and nations. So listen in for her story of survival and how she learned big about God's unconditional love. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. All right. Well, we are here with Emily and we're going to dive into this topic that sometimes feels really big. But Emily, can you, uh, well, first, welcome to Praise Through It Together. This is our second summer doing this. And can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do and why you do it? Yeah. So I am the author of the Broken Lenses series. Uh, I'm also an advocate for sexual assault survivors and uh, you know, youth group leader at my church. Uh, I have a passion for women's ministry too. And that started from being a survivor myself. Um, and that's kind of what brought me back into church originally in college. Um, and, you know, when I was a survivor myself, one of the things that I wanted most was a woman that I could go and talk to and confide in. And I, I didn't have it. Um, and so once I found it and, found the value of having a community like that, it became my mission to want to give back to other women. Um, and I wanted to lead a small group for years at my house. And one day I just heard God say, you know, if this is something you want to do, you got to write it. So I started writing. Um, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but a few years later, my first, uh, the first Broken Lenses book came out and it seems like the rest is history, right? Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, sexual assault is something that can feel really scary to even start to talk about. It can bring, I know, a lot of big feelings. I am not a survivor myself, but most of the women in my family are, a majority of them. I counted it one time up to my grandmother's or great-grandmother's generation. I want to say it's either 11 or 13 out of 17 women. Um, so it's definitely something that I love to hear about because I want to hear how you brought God into that healing. 
because something that big can go really either way, right? It can go, you shun the Lord and you're like, no, thanks. You allowed this to happen. I want nothing to do with you or you dive in with him. So can you talk a little bit about your journey and how you walked that with God? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, well, at first I didn't know where to go, I guess when I first got, you know, uh, I got, you know, into a different direction for a while because, um, you know, it took like six months for me to even, you know, find a new friend. Um, because actually I, I went, um, and I wasn't very, uh, far or I was kind of far away from where, um, I was over like a thousand miles away from where I lived. Um, and so I just figured after the trip was over, I came back to, um, Ohio and was like, oh, well, people are just going to believe me. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I just, it was weird for me because I just, I just assumed that my friends would believe me. And so it didn't even think to me like that I shouldn't say anything to someone because it was like, I don't want them to, you know, spend time with the person that has just hurt me. And so I need to tell them what's going on. Um, and I found out very quickly that, um, you know, people don't always listen. <laughs> Um, and you know, I had people even tell me, you know, that it was my fault that, you know, I should have worn this or what did I say instead of that, you know, just everybody that I thought would just believe me, um, instead just was like, I, I don't know, it's like they needed an excuse to try to not believe me for some reason. I don't know. And so I actually, um, lost a a lot of friends in that time and uh just kind of isolated myself from those people and that's when you know because I I knew that I deserved more than that I didn't know what it really was but I knew that what was true was true and that I didn't need people to try to tell me something else right so um very courageous of you yeah <laughs> not easy but you know, um, yeah, I started going to church again because I sat next to a woman who was um, just at one of my classes and I saw she was, I don't know, talking about some meeting that she was going to and she invited me to go with her and I'm like, I got nothing to lose, right? Like, <laughs> I've already lost all these friends. I've done all this stuff, so might as well, right? And go. <laughs> and that's kind of yeah, where I stepped back into church again. And, um, you know, within the first few weeks, I had people coming up to me saying how, you know, excited they were that I was there and, you know, joining them and part of their community. And I had never seen anything like that in my life before. So, so yeah. the community really drew you in. You could feel yeah. that you were wanted and loved there. Yes, definitely. Um, and people actually, you know, gave you the time to, to listen to your story and not make assumptions that, that you had done something to make it happen when nobody, no survivor asks for that to happen ever. Sure. So it sounds like God really used the, 
these new people around you. So God really taught you. Did he teach you about his love through these people? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause if anything, I was pretty angry at God when originally it happened. Like I, um, I was, I was pretty far away from where I live, like I said. So God was one of the only places I had to turn to because I really had nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was more like, God, what did I do to deserve this? I'm like, what the heck? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't a, you know, graceful conversation at all. (laughs) And (laughs) And that's okay, right? I mean, that's what he wants, right? He wants. Yeah. Um, And it stayed that way. And I didn't really know that that God was a place of healing. So at the time I just drank more because I wanted to ignore my feelings and get out of my head and just be numb to all the hurt that I was having. And alcohol was the only way I knew how to do that at first. So yeah, originally it was more mad at God, but him showing his love through other people's actions was easier for me to receive that. And, you know, it kind of got to a place where it's like, okay, well, these people clearly see me different than how I see myself, you know? So if this is true that I can see myself in the same way, like that's kind of how I got deeper into looking into the Bible again and uh, going to small groups because I was just tired of the hurt and the, you know. Sure. Yeah. It had to be exhausting. Yeah. So as you work to heal, did you, one thing that I love putting together is God and the faith and our walk with the Lord with the practical strategies that get us from day to day. So in your practical steps of healing, did you see God working there too, either along the way or in hindsight? Practical steps of healing of just like how to see myself again. Like the practical steps of making new friendships, the practical steps of, like you said, writing. Um, I don't know. Did you decide to report anything? I did not know. So and... like moving past that each day is kind of like a one step in front of the other kind of thing going moment by moment. So did you like in hindsight or along the way, did you see God's presence or him working in those little day-to-day moments or when did you start seeing it? I don't think it was something that happened just like instantly at one time, like, oh man, I just started seeing myself differently again. I'd say it took probably two, two and a half years before I even really felt like I deserved a good relationship again. Cause you know, I just saw myself as my worth has been taken away. My body's not the same as it used to be anymore. Like no good Christian man wants a relationship with this, like with me, with my past, you know, like, um, and obviously that's not the truth, but that's what the enemy wants us to believe. You know, one night I went to a a service where they mentioned, uh, first Corinthians six, where it talks about honoring God with our body and our body is a temple of the Holy spirit. And just all these things that I didn't see my body as. And I was like, oh my gosh, is it really that valuable to you, God? Like, cause if it is like, I want to believe that for myself, help me, help me feel that. Um, and yeah, I think it took, you know, you have to be willing to, to hand over those wounds to God and, um, let go and let him heal you. Otherwise you're just going to be stuck in that, um, that mindset, right? Cause this isn't something that we can heal on our own. Um, and be in it for the long game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so when you started writing, what did that look like? You said you felt like you didn't know what you were doing, but talk more (laughs) about that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me in general, I'm just pretty big on people knowing the truth and that when we know the truth, the truth will set us free. 
Um, and so that's kind of where I started getting the topics for the book. The first one was more self-truth, identity-based, like who does God see me as and how do I see myself in the same way? You know, there's a chapter on, you know, our, I am capable and I am enough and I am beautiful and, and all those sorts of things and kind of breaks down what does this word mean? And, you know, what does the Bible say about me being capable and beautiful and those sorts of things? Um, and originally I just wrote it as the lessons and I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm good to go. And then I randomly went to this event one time where someone was like, you're going to be the next best-selling author. Give me your phone right now. I'm calling this lady. We're doing this, whatever. And ended up getting a New York Times bestselling author to be my writing coach. And she immediately was like, you have to write your story in the book, Emily. Like these people need something to relate to. And it's something I had been avoiding for years. I'm like, I don't need to do that. Like, I don't want the book to be about me. That's not the point. Right. But um, she won and she was right. And so <laughs> once I changed my mindset to just like leading a small group in my living room for people at my church to like actually writing a book then I started including my own story in there too and um would you say yeah, that was whatever. part of your healing process oh yeah absolutely which is kind of weird because you know I had spoken like I said I was pretty open about what had happened even right when I got back home um and so I was like I've told this story before this is fine right and then I started writing it in the book and I was like couldn't even think about writing without crying and I'm like why am I crying like this isn't what like it was weird yeah I did not expect that mm -hmm. um but I think you know it's just putting it on paper for anyone to see anywhere was kind of just releasing my story in a way that I hadn't had to do before especially when you're like verbally or publicly speaking to someone you can you know, depending on where you're talking and who you're talking to, maybe the message is a little different, right? But once it's in the book, it's there and people can read it at any time. And I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> you got this. Yeah, no. So I did a lot more crying and rehealing doing that for sure. <laughs> yeah, release is a really great word, you know, getting it down on the page and then almost the act of having it replicated you know, however many times the book is printed is just like, not that it's less yours, but it's more and more of a sharing with others who will really benefit, you know, from hearing it. And so, like you said, giving our wounds to God, releasing is a really great word. Yeah. Um, and then you wrote a second one. Yes. yes. So the yeah. first one was I, and the second one is they. Yes. So it's how do I see the people around me as God sees them with the, the main idea that when I do, it brings unity. And when I see people the way the world tells me to, it brings division and really the choice is up to me, right? Do I want an environment of unity or division? And I think we just underestimate how much power we have to create that in the world. Like we just see all the division around us and we just, I think a lot of times just feel hopeless, but um, yeah, that's not true <laughs> like how does that play in did that book play a part in your healing or did that just feel like a next right step for you I knew pretty early on that this was a three book series so I'm pretty far into the third book um and after that the fourth book will be different uh, yeah completely different <laughs> but I don't really know what that looks like yet I just I want to focus more on advocacy work I think too um okay so 
So yeah. F, so it sounds like you are kind of shifting your focus outward to make sure other people understand the truths that God revealed to you and then yeah. help share them with their people and their community. Yeah, I think so. Um, but the, the third book is more about who is God. So that's kind of the, the three angles okay. of, yeah, how do I see myself? How do I see others? And then how, how do I see God? And is that a good thing that he possesses these qualities or not? Right. Mm-hmm. How does that play a part in people's healing? The seeing others, how they see others, how does that play a part in people's healing? You know, I think just in general, like a lot of people use hurtful things that have done for them and they maybe not intentionally, but a lot of times we'll use that to negatively see other people that kind of match the same I don't know, demographic, so to speak, whatever. Um, And people really don't deserve that. (laughs) We underestimate the, that everybody is, you know, a sinner and falls short of the glory of God and needs just as much love and acceptance and belonging as the person next to them. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, So I think, I don't know, our world does too much of like judging the depth of a sin. Like one is you know, worse, or we can't talk to this person because they've done that. Like Jesus or God literally used like someone that murdered Christians to be the person that wrote like half of the new Testament. Right. Like if he had that same viewpoint toward Paul, like we wouldn't have half of the books in the new Testament today. So Mm -hmm. it's like, why are we trying to jump to conclusions before we even let God have a chance to, to speak to them? Right. Yeah. It's so good for our heart to take that position that you're talking about. You know, it keeps it from getting too hard and too crusty and too cynical. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then what about how we see the Lord, how we see God up in heaven or all around us? How does that contribute to people's healing, especially from sexual assault? I mean, I think really unconditional love comes from God alone. Right. And so if we're we're seeking worldly aspects to be our, you know, sustaining healing. It's just not going to happen. You know, God is the ultimate source of fulfillment in him alone. Right. And so, like I said, you know, when I first had gone through that, I just turned to drinking because it, you know, for each night that I drank, it just, you know, helped me get through that night. Right. But it never really fulfilled me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and nothing in this earth ever does. Right. And so if I want that, you know, unlimited love, fulfillment, peace, like that comes from God only. Um, and so I can't know that unless I get to know God better himself. So mm-hmm. our world just has a lot of judgment over God in general. I know, isn't it fascinating sometimes to hear all the different perspectives and from ourselves too, you know, all these false beliefs about who he is and, you know, what he does and why he does what he does. We just tend to see it from our own very limited lens. Yeah. Um, I read in your bio that you have a scientific background. Yeah. What is that? (laughs) Um, I have my bachelor's degree in chemistry. So, and I still do tutor uh, chemistry just on the side for fun, but (laughs) does your hard science self um, ever like clash with your uh, faith self or have you married the two long ago? No, I think they speak the same language. 
no, I was definitely the minority in that thought when I was in school. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, everything that's created on this world points back to God somehow. Um, mm -hmm. We just have to open our eyes and see how. Yeah, that's what I keep hearing from you in each little story you tell that you kept choosing to put your eyes back on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So with every false belief that comes, you just turn back to God and say, well, what do you think? What do you say? Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned your healing journey was about two and a half years and that it's the long game. Can you offer encouragement for friends who might be listening that they don't see an end to it? or they're in the early stages, or they're still very often triggered, what can we say to them from your own personal experience and then also uh, spiritual encouragement? You know, just in general, whether anyone actually believes it or not, like your identity comes from God and God alone. So nothing in this world actually has any power to speak over that identity that you're worthless or ugly or whatever you're feeling, like none of that is true. You know, and one of my favorite books in the Bible is James. And it says that when we resist the devil, he has to flee. Like he has no choice but to flee in God's presence. Mm -hmm. So while his presence, you can very much feel it and it's not fake, right? Like he's in this world attacking as often as he can, right? But that doesn't mean I have to listen and accept what he's saying is true. I can resist. And when he does, when I do, he has to flee. Like he just can't stay. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Um, you know, easier said than done, maybe sometimes, but that doesn't make it not true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, just encouragement that your identity can't be taken away from you, your worth, your, your beauty, like that doesn't come from your outer looks. It doesn't come from a feeling. It comes from being created in God's image and God's image alone. Um, and there is no image of God that isn't beautiful. So um I love yeah when I got my I have one tattoo it says joy on my wrist and oh 50 50 sometimes I'm still happy I got it sometimes I'm not but when I got it I showed my principal who I felt like I needed to tell kind of like a mother or grandmother figure and she saw it and she's like I don't like that you got it but this is what I'm trying to get people to understand my spirit is not up for grabs your spirit is not up for grabs. And that's right. that, that phrase has really stayed with me. So just like you said, your identity is not up for grabs. It is from the Lord, full stop, period, end of sentence, end of story. Yep. I love that. Do you have resources that you offer in your work? Um, like, us, I mean, you have your books, the Broken Lenses series. Uh, do you have other resources that you point people to or um, other places that people can go to find encouragement I mean especially for survivors in general like know that there's organizations and people out there that want to help you because that's something I didn't know mm -hmm. um, and I do a lot of work over here with the um, I, I'm over in Utah and every state has a coalition against sexual assault and um, you know with April being sexual assault awareness month and there's always people out there, there's organizations out there that want to help. Um, and so, yeah, whatever state you're in, they're there, they want to help you. Um, and just know that for sure. Um, what should I somebody did, Google? Like if they were going to, if, if they were just sexually assaulted and they want help, what do they Google? 
Um, you know, out here in Utah, it's called the Utah Coalition Against Sexual Assault. Every state, it's similar name. Okay. Every state in the U.S. is required to have a coalition against both domestic violence and sexual violence. So, oh, by federal law? Yeah. Oh, that's All fabulous. 50 states have one. That's good to know. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's also, you know, the National Sexual Assault Hotline that people can call as well that's open 24-7. Okay. And we'll link that in the show notes and we'll link your books, of course, as well. Um, is there anything else you want to tell our listeners, um, whether they're going through it or they're going through the healing process or they know somebody who is, um, you know, just that you all are created for a purpose, whether the world tells you so or not, um, that there's a reason that you're here, uh, and you don't, yeah, you don't have to listen to the lies that tell you otherwise you have a gift. We've all been gifted uniquely for a reason that no one else can fulfill. Um, my last question for you is because the podcast is called praise through it. What is praiseworthy for you today? Praiseworthy for me today. You know, I'm just excited for the opportunity to get answers, uh, for it's just been a long few months. And I was telling you earlier, I'm getting surgery next week and Mm -hmm. praise the Lord. I'm ready. Let's bring it on. I'm just, you know, I want to get back to a routine of writing and being able to, you know, go out and do things again. So I'm praising that that's coming up soon. (laughs) Good. Health is always something to praise. Well, we wish you well (laughs) with that. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being so open and honest. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. As always, you can find me on Instagram at Elisa Preston and on the World Wide Web at elisapreston.com. If you want to connect with Emily or want to connect a friend or family member to Emily because you know they could use what she offers, you can find her on Instagram as well at Emily Bernath Author. And everything we talked about today is linked in the show notes to include her books and her website. We are wishing you a weekend of knowing your worth in Christ. We'll see you next time.